This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday sermon. I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast. Welcome back to the Grace Deep Dive Podcast with John and Johnny. I hope you're having a great week. Uh, I know we are. uh, Just kind of getting ready for fall, I guess. We're still in fall, but it feels like... Winter we're, is we're coming. Having a great, great week. You're speaking for me. Yeah. Oh, oh when? <laughs> just now. Just now? You said we're oh, having yeah, a oh, great yeah, week. I was like, I'm, I'm preaching? Oh, no. no. <laughs> this Sunday? Oh, no. I no. wasn't planning you said, on that. You said we're having a great week, and he's just like, you know, okay, well, you I'm didn't even ask me how I was doing, Johnny. I'm having a great week, and I actually know how you're doing. You're yeah. you're sore and achy. Uh, no, I'm not sore and achy. I'm in a lot of pain, actually. Yeah, because you're, you're, uh, you have a neck injury of some sort. I, I have a pinched nerve. Yes. And... I used to make fun of people who had pinched nerves and use that as reasons not to do things. And then you got one. Because I've had pinched nerves before, but not, you know, they were all pretty minor. Not like this one. Not like this. And now you're whining and you're hurting and... Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, no, I'm not whining. I'm just... I'm, I'm in a lot of pain. No, yeah. it hurts. I slept in, I slept upright in a chair for five days in a, five nights in a row. Now. Really? There you yeah. go. I can't uh, lay down. That's no good. I can't. Lay, yeah, it's no good. Yeah, hopefully it'll 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 work itself out pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, but enough of me. I don't, yeah, well, you know, actually, me. we're going back to you actually a little bit because we yeah, we had a disagreement a couple weeks ago. We did. Let me last week, and you were talking about um oh yes oh yeah the supper supper dinner. dinner. Yeah, and I went to my authority figure in my life. Who <laughs> is your wife? Yes. And she actually said, we're kind of both right. When and this mean, is why. We're not both right. So here's the big debate, everybody listening out there. Uh, the debate is John talks about dinner yeah. as if it's lunch. Because in his mind, dinner is the biggest meal. Well, it meal. depends on the day. So it de- depends on what, what you're eating. No, it de- yeah, it depends on what you're eating and what day of the week it is. Oh, see, that's new information. What day of the week? Yeah, because because it's not it's not about okay. And I have authority figures that 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 uh, you know <laughs> is beyond your wife. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. I looked this up. Okay, I looked this up. Yeah, no, it's the big meal, which is what I told you. Yes, right? it's the big. Which whatever meal is the big meal, that's dinner. Okay, and so, so breakfast, lunch, and dinner is really irre- irrelevant. It's it's breakfast, lunch, and supper. Okay, but one of either lunch or so supper can supper. be can also be called dinner based on which meal is going to be the big meal. So if you if you grow up in like a farming community, exactly, then, which we don't, which we we don't, well, and that's where I think I win. Whatever, just because you're from LA, <laughs> like, did you grow up in a farm, John? I I grew up in the country a little bit. Okay, so you and, get, and get I spent a lot of time on farms. Okay, and my wife grew up in a farming community, and so. And so, yeah, because lunch would be the big, the big meal. But and I, on a Sunday, on a Sunday, generally speaking, lunch is the bigger meal. So it's yes. dinner. So the rest of the week, even if you're in the cities, you know, then then it's supper because you know on Tuesday it's supper because you don't eat a big meal. Supper is not, not big a word, meal. John. It actually comes from the word super. Uh huh. Um, which should be I the big meal. Up. No, I looked, I looked okay. this up. Hang on. So like, while he's it. looking that up real quick. So basically this all yeah, came about. Meaning evening meal. It comes to, it's an old French word. Because he said, uh, invite your friends, invite your one. Yeah. And then invite them over for dinner. Yeah. And I was confused. On Sunday. As to why would you invite them to church and then say, okay, I'll see you later in six hours. Because yeah. dinner is six hours after church. You're easily confused. I know. But dinner, here's, so dinner here's is real. right after church because you eat lunch is your big meal on Sunday. Yeah, so you're right. So you're right in the sense of if you grew up on a farm, 
then yes, dinner is the big meal. Yeah, or in the Midwest, actually. But if you but... didn't grow up on a farm, then dinner is the third meal. <laughs> and there's no such thing as supper. And let's there, not even talk about is. brunch. It means evening meal. From it's from the French. It's a French word. So if you had a big meal between lunch and breakfast, would that be called? What What are we like? What are we like? Would that be called Brenner? Brenner. <laughs> no, Brenner. that's that's brunch. Obviously, everybody who's seen Lord of the Rings knows the answer to this question. All right. Well, you send in your send in your uh, your uh, mail and uh, email and and set me straight. But uh, yeah. as of right now, I think we're both right. You, okay. <laughs> because wherever, when in Rome, I don't know if that made sense. But you know, it, you know, Paul becomes all things to all men, and if he is living in the city, he's going to call it dinner and lunch, and not. Yeah, yeah. even people in, in the cities don't don't. That's not one hundred percent true. All right. Well, anyways, well, I guess we're. Uh, I, I will. I will try to submit as best I can to my <laughs> wife. But uh, anyways, talking about authority, you know, we're this is uh, the um, we're still in the series invite one or one, and then this week was invite one. Yeah. And you mentioned authority. Obviously, that's important. Yeah. Um, and that's why I sat out my authority, which is my <laughs> wife, and she said that we we're kind of both right. But um, authority is often viewed negatively in our culture. Yeah. But it seems that it's important for Jesus as he talks to his disciples yeah. in Matthew 28. So why is authority important? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a great question. I think uh, authority, you know, it is viewed negatively in our culture in some ways. But the, the reason that it's viewed negatively is because everybody wants to be the authority, right? And so nobody wants to submit to authority. Everybody wants to, it goes, I mean, this really goes back to the garden and, and, and Adam and Eve's sin and, you know, God's the authority, but they, you know, to Satan tempts them and that kind of thing and convinces them that they should, they should be the authority. They should sit on the throne of their own lives. And that's what we all want. We all want to be the, our own authority and, and that kind of thing. And so that's why I think it's viewed negatively in our, in our culture because we kind of have this, don't tell me what to do attitude. Um, but the reality is we, we don't have authority and we do need to submit to authority. And so when Jesus establishes that with the disciples, it's important because he's saying, look, what I, what I say matters. It matters more than what you want or more than what you think or more than what your emotions tell you or more than, you know, what somebody else tells you. Um, he, he's, he's establishing his authority, the right that he has to say what he's about to say in Matthew 28 when he, when he gives them their mission um, going forward, he's, he's saying, I have authority to say this. Cause you can say, you know, you can say whatever you want, Johnny. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you have the authority to do that. You can, you can I go can to say, s- I can say l- dinner is dinner and lunch is lunch, right. but, but you don't have I'm that wrong, authority. I'm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're just wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I said we did there. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it's same with like kids, right? Like I don't necessarily have authority over somebody, some kid walking down the sidewalk, but if it's my kid, I do. Mm-hmm. And so, and so there is a sense in which authority matters. Um, but we have this negative view of it because we all want to be the one who tells everybody else what to do, but we don't, we don't have that right, but God does. And Jesus did. I wonder, I wonder if it's some, something similar to, you know, obviously we don't like authority, blah, blah, blah. But I wonder if it's something similar to like a, a pilot who's flying a plane mm-hmm. and all of a sudden his visibility goes to zero. Yeah. And he looks at these uh, instruments on his, on his dashboard. Yeah. Those now have ultimate authority. Because they're kind of telling him what's going on, what's out there, you well, know, they, that he can't see. They at least communicate reality. Exactly. And so I think it's kind of steering the pilot. And I think that's kind of what, you know, Christ obviously, or God obviously has much more knowledge 
And it's kind yeah. of smart to let him kind of navigate us. It is, but we don't want to do that all the time. And that's, you know, and we, I mean, like I said, it goes back to the garden. It's the oldest sin in the world, right? Mm. It's, it's, uh, you know, this, this, this fight over authority and we don't want to let God have it. It seems like there's always been, like you said, a, a, a fight, an attempt to take authority from God, from Christ. Yeah. Um, Satan tried to do that. You mentioned yeah. that, I think, in uh, your sermon, talking about yeah. the temptation. Yeah. Um, how, do, how do we try to do the same? Just take that authority, uh, go the shortcut, you know? How do we yeah. do that with, with God often? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we do it in a lot of ways. And Satan tempts us too, right? And, and he tempts us to take shortcuts all the time. And we... Um, you know, we, we, we tend to want to do things our own way and, uh, we don't submit to God's word. And, and sometimes we don't submit to God's word because we look at the world and we go, well, the way I see the world is this way. And that's, and, and so I'm going to do this and God's word, when God, God's word contradicts that instead of trusting it, we, we fight against it. I think, I think one, one area where this happens a lot is in the area of sexual ethics and, you know, and cause I've seen it in the church as much as I've seen it. Well, not as much, but uh, enough. Um, where, where, where people will say, well, you know, I gotta, I'm, I'm going to live with my spouse or the, or the person that I think might be my spouse before we get married. I'm, I'm going to uh, go outside the boundaries, which God gave me, because I think that's better. It just makes sense to me instead of submitting to what, what God's word says about, you know, whether it's in Hebrews, you know, in, um, keeping the marriage bed pure and those kinds of things, um, and so we, we just go outside. We do it our own way because that's what we think is better. We, we want to trust our own wisdom rather than the wisdom of God. Um, and we pay, we pay the price for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not – we don't get away with that. Sometimes we think we do, but we don't. And so, uh, you know, so I think we, we just – I don't know. I, I think it's that temptation of, of just thinking we know better somehow. You know, I, I, was, I came across something with uh, Tim Tebow the other day. It was really cool because – you know, I'm not, I don't want to speak for him, but it sounded like what he's saying is sometimes we over either personalize or even over spiritualize uh, the work that God wants to do in our lives a lot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't hear the answer yeah. always. Yeah. And I think the cool thing he said is I, I just want to follow his plan. That's my will is to follow his plan, whatever that is, whatever right. he's, whatever he's done before, I'm going to just follow him no matter where it is. It doesn't have to be super individualized. You know, I think we can be kind of get in, in trouble sometimes when we try to make it too personal. You know, obviously he, he cares about us intimately, but sometimes yeah. I think God just really wants us to follow his plan. Well, and, and another place where this happens a lot when it comes to authority, and, and maybe we don't want to get too far into this today, but um, is we, we instead of following the what God has already given us with the authority of God's word of scripture and, and being obedient to that, we want to demand a, a individualized personal message from God um, instead of just looking at scripture and going, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to study scripture. I'm going to know scripture. I'm going to conform to what, what God's word says. And if we would just do that, just that, mm-hmm. man, we'd be in a much better place. But we, but sometimes we go, well, I don't like that. And so I want this individualized, personalized word from God. And then, uh, and, and it takes us down all kinds of weird paths because we, we want that from God. But even when God doesn't give it to us, we, we kind of 
put our own words into God's voice, if you will. Yeah. You know? Or yeah, and, we twist and things. God and... told me this or whatever. And then we twist it and we end up doing things that God didn't tell us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that very, very, that's very wise. You just don't want to conform to scripture, not necessarily uh, use it to yeah. personalize, you know, be personal in our lives. And quit chasing after that individualized message from God. Don't, mm-hmm. don't chase that. If God wants to give you an individual message, a personal message, he'll clear. do it. Yeah. And, and you'll know it. Don't, don't chase after it. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of Christians just struggle with the idea of like the fear of, of Satan and mm-hmm. the spiritual realm and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And do you, I mean, do you think Satan has any authority over us as believers? He doesn't have authority over us, but he uh, has trickery. <laughs> he has deception and he attempts to deceive us. But no, he doesn't have any authority over us. We're children of God. Yeah. But you see it so often though, right? Um, well, people submit to him because of his deception, right? But that's okay. a willingness. That's it, it, He can't... It's a willingness. He can't yeah. enforce any kind of real authority over us. Hmm. You know, uh, Peter left the family business to follow Jesus. He did, Which yeah. is crazy. I mean, it was pretty cool, pretty radical, yeah, especially absolutely. in those days. Um, and it looked like it was all for nothing when Christ was crucified. He's yeah. put on the cross and dead. Yeah. You know, at, at some point he felt, probably felt like, what did I, I just wasted uh-huh. so much. I how wasted I gonna, three years of my life. Yeah. And how I got to rebuild go back the business. Yeah, yeah. I got to go back home and try to, to work for my father or whatever it is again. Um, how do we continue to follow Jesus even when, man, it looks bleak? Well, I, I like to say it's easy. Uh, just do what he says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. it's not easy. I mean, it's, it is, but it is simple, right? Um, but it, it's absolutely not easy. It's simple, but it's there's a, a complex force within us that fights against yeah, it. We, we don't want to. And look, everybody, me too, man. I mean, it's, it's um, when we see things a certain way, we see reality staring us in the face. We think we know uh, how things are going to turn out or the way the world around us is going to, is going to work out. And so we start to react to that instead of trusting that what God says and what God is doing, um, will work out. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of get it like, cause you know, we, we, we live in a world, we want to trust our five senses, what we see, what we hear, what we touch, you know, which are all God given by the way. We, so they I mean, are God given right? and, and we should use those. But when, when, <clears throat> when we see a situation where we're tempted to do something that, other than what God says, um, you know, we should not do that. Yeah. But it's hard because we want to trust our senses as opposed to trusting God. And again, I'm not I'm not arguing for some kind of weird mystical mystical type thing. thing. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, follow scripture. Uh, do what do what that says. You know, in, in the passage, just like Matthew twenty eight, teaching. You know, the, the part of the mission given to the disciples is teach them to obey all that I've commanded. So be obedient to God. Be faithful to that. And even if that leads to things that seem disastrous, trust that God will work it out. He still has a plan. Be even obedient to him. Post this life even. Yeah. You know? And his his plan might be for your suffering. And mm-hmm. some people don't, sometimes people don't, don't want to hear that. I don't but, like that. But it might be. Yeah. Um, talk to Paul, right? Yeah. The Apostle Paul, of course. Uh, this Sunday is the Invite Your One this yeah. su- uh, Sunday. And we've been talking about it for a few weeks now. Yeah. Why do you think it's so important for us to really grasp this idea of inviting people to church yeah um we 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 do a lot of inviting we encourage that a lot uh here at grace and and really should be a lifestyle like we should we should be wanting to invite people to church and 
and if that means, honestly, like we try to be the kind of church that people want to invite people to really welcoming and loving and all those kinds of things. We try to do things really well, um, with resources we have and, and, and all those kinds of things. But, but honestly, the main reason why we would want to invite somebody to church isn't so that we can kind of have a good time and hang out. Like if you want that, go to the movies, right? Like, I mean, we can invite people to do all kinds of things that are just fun and, and hanging out together. Um, that don't require anything more from us. So, um, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't need to invite people to church just because we like church. What we're inviting them to is something much, much deeper, much which, more important. Which is, I was going to ask you. So you talked about not just inviting them, but also invitation is also discipleship. Yeah, exactly. What, what does that mean? Well, that means that, you know, when we invite somebody to church, here's what here's what we most often do. We invite somebody to church and maybe they come and then we're like, oh, cool, they came. And then they and then they don't come next the, the following week. And we're like, OK, now what? Invite them back. Invite them to a life group. Hey, did you have any questions about, you know, about the message? Did you, you know, we, we begin to, to, to lead them. It's a relationship. And, and our, our goal is to lead them to Jesus, man. We want people to love Jesus and to, and to be in a loving relationship with him. And so inviting them into discipleship, inviting them into growing towards Jesus or with Jesus, if they've already put their faith and trust in him, either one, it's, it's inviting to church. Isn't just putting butts in seats. Like that's not, that's not our goal. Our goal is to is to bring people into a loving relationship with Jesus. And so as as a congregant, you know, and, and I do this too. When I invite people to church, I want to invite them not just to church. I want to invite them back to something else. I want to invite them to life group. I want to invite them to church a second week. I want to, you know, I want to ask them. Maybe I take them out to coffee. Maybe I go out to dinner with them. Maybe I invite them over to the house and, and I ask them, hey, what did you think? You know, what... Um, did you understand the message? You know, what do you think about Jesus? And you can begin to ask these questions and then just listen. You don't have to like run and throw tracks at them or something, you know. Um, Which is often, honestly, I mean, tracks are okay in some fine. way. Sure. But I feel like sometimes they, because it sounds like they're what you're saying. They're not personal though. Yeah, it sounds like what you're saying is discipleship, first of all, isn't necessarily the, the pastor's job. No, it's not. Yeah, and there's not like a discipleship class, even though those are those are beneficial. Yeah. It sounds like what you're saying, discipleship is engaging in a personal relationship and trying to get them to have a personal relationship more with Christ by you engaging first. Yeah, what, what's what's our core value <clears throat> that's most related to discipleship? Growth community. Growth and community, mm-hmm. right? That's relational. Community is relational. Yeah. And so we really believe that that real growth, real discipleship takes place in the context of relationships in community. Yeah. And that's the thing is I've seen a lot of times where people will give a track, you know, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Here's your four spiritual laws yeah. and they're off. And I've been like, I've, I've waited tables and I've, I've had seen other servers get yeah, right. them. And then it, it's just a, it's just, it's and they not give you the hundred dollar bill one or something like that. Well, it's not received the, very well, you yeah. know, because it's, there's no relate, there's no personal Stupid connection. Christians. Yeah, yeah. There's just no personal connection. I mean, they're, I'm saying they're the worst things. I'm not saying you yeah. shouldn't ever do them, but it's, it works a lot better if there's a personal connection. Yeah, tracks tracks are tools, and mm-hmm. we can use them, but um, but we should use them in the context of some kind of. We don't have to have a deep relationship with somebody, but in the, some kind of relationship with somebody. Yeah, you know, and we have, begin to have a spiritual conversation, and then and then we can use something like a track if you want. And honestly, I even think it's better off now. You know, move away from paper tracks. Find a find a favorite uh, explanation of the gospel on YouTube. And then just save that link somewhere on your phone or whatever. You could just send it to them. Okay. Just say, hey, why don't, let's, or, or you can say, or you can pull it up and okay, hey, hey, let's watch this together. 
Gotcha. And then, questions. And then, yeah, and then, and then this, you know, those kind, that's much more effective, I think, now in this world, in the world we live in now. Gotcha. You know, I think I think a lot of us do um, tend to go maybe the easier way of leaving a track because it's not as intimidating. You know, you may not get rejected, and, right. and uh, I think I, well, I shared last week that I kind of got turned you down. Got, you got rejected. Yeah, yeah. I got, and that's okay. Denied. It was okay. I got denied. I got rejected, and uh, but that's stuffed. okay. It's basketball season now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, have you ever been turned down, John? Oh, heck yeah. And so how do you handle that? Uh, man, I used to be afraid of it. Um, I got turned down last week, actually. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Are you uh, still friends with that person? Yeah. Good and that's friends. that's the fear, right? Good. Yeah. And that, that is the fear. Um, I think it's, it's, you know, again, you want to do things in the context of some kind of relationship. Which I did, and that, so this is a this is a person I consider a friend. They're not a I don't I don't think they're a believer. Um, they don't go to church for sure. Um, and and I said, hey, would you would you would you ever consider coming to church with me? And they just said, nope. <laughs> and then they kind of went, yeah, I was wondering when you were going to ask or whatever. Like, yeah, and, you know, I knew I was, it was coming. I've known the person for four years, you know, and that you know, but I also knew that early on I figured out that they had. Um, not not a good relationship with church, not a good background yeah. with church, and so I was patient. So you're, yeah, you're strategically patient. Strategically, patient. yeah, yeah. I want which is important, a, I think. Yeah, um, I, most people you don't have to wait for. I invited, yeah. you know, I, I'll invite somebody I, I met on the streets five minutes ago, but I try to be I try to be smart about it, right? Like I try not to be dumb and just kind of just run around inviting people. I don't think that really works very well. But if I met somebody and and we begin to have a conversation that lends itself towards that, then then I'll invite them. Um, and, and that happens all the time, but with this particular person, I, I was patient and waited and, and, and approached it very gently, but I asked, Hey, would you ever come to church with me? And nope. Okay. You know, and then we just moved on in conversation. We're still, we're still friends. And as a matter of fact, we were texting back and forth last night, um, about some stuff and, uh, you know, still, I'm still praying for him. Um, yeah, I get, I, I, man, I get, I got, I've gotten rejected a lot. So and, but I, but but here's the thing, it's never about me. I don't. Care. They're not rejecting me. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get confused. They're not rejecting me. They're re- they're rejecting Jesus, which hurts more even. But if they never have the opportunity to reject Jesus, that's even worse because that is on me. Yeah, that's true. The opportunity. At least you can you can say with a, a good conscience that yeah. you gave them a chance. Right. Um. You kind of talked about different strategies in, in inviting that person. Um, things that you'd waited for a little while yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. Do you have any other tips um, on how to invite somebody? Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Um, and here's what we're doing for this Sunday. We're, I mean, we're probably gonna have like a bunch of people at, at church on Sunday, um, not just one. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna have quite a few. But here's, here's what we're doing, uh, and this is, this is a great way to do it. We, we invited um, some people that we know through various relationships and. Um, so they'll come to church on Sunday, and here's what we did: we we invited them also to dinner. You mean lunch, which after is church? right after church because it's the big meal of the day on Sunday. It's lunch. Dinner is lunch on Sunday, and uh, we invited them. To, we so we invited them to lunch, and then we even asked them to bring stuff. Like, hey, would you bring buns or chips or whatever? Whatever it is, I don't, I don't know. My wife was kind of in charge of that, you know. So so not only did we invite them, because what happens a lot is people invite people, and then they oh yeah yeah I should come, and then they never come, right? Okay, well, now they've got a commitment. 
because they're going to bring food. And if they don't bring food, the other people are going to go gonna hungry. Be, yeah. And they know that, right? And, so, then, and then dinner becomes lunch because it's a small meal. <laughs> right, right? Exactly right. See? Exactly I'm right. I'm learning. You're, Johnny's coming around. Uh, so, so yeah, so you can do things like that. Like invite them, invite them over to your house, grill out, whatever, but invite, invite and ask them to bring something. Mm. That's a great way to, to get them to follow through uh, commitment-wise. Um, the other thing is uh, don't ever bait and switch. You know, I, I've been telling people this whole series, you know, when you're inviting them, say, hey, we're doing a special Sunday where we're inviting, some, you know, we're, we're, our church is encouraging people to invite people to church. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to invite you. Just be up front. I mean, it's just church. We're not we're not really doing anything super special. Like there's no special programming. We're just doing church. Um, the message is maybe a little bit geared towards having more visitors. But other than that, it's 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 a normal Sunday. Okay. You know, we're, we're having worship. There's going to be a sermon. Everything's going to be, it's going to be church. And, and then, uh, and, and just because they say no once doesn't mean they'll say no again. So, I, so repeat the invite, even if they say no, you know, at a later time. Uh, and be opportunistic. You know, look for people who are searching. I mean, it sounds like at the, at the base, there's some, obviously there's some good strategies, but even at the, the base of it or the, the deepest, it doesn't really just invite somebody. Just, just invite. Com- conversate. Don't overthink it in a lot of ways. Obviously, yeah. there's some good tips there, but don't overthink it. Just, yeah, just do it. Yeah. Um, John, do you have any uh, additional resources that you recommend on this line? Uh, you know, I would say that flyer that we had in the bulletin on Sunday. <laughs> the track? I'm just kidding. The track, no. We, we did have a flyer in the bulletin. Hopefully, hopefully some people got it, and we've had it in the past a few weeks. And I think there's some good ideas on there about how to invite people. Um, you know, there's there's a great book called Tactics by Greg Kokel, which I think is excellent. It how do you spell Kokel? Uh, K-O-U-K-L-E, I think. Okay. May, may or may not special, be an yeah. E on the end. I think there is. but um, And Tactics, and, and he's coming out with a new version of it, too, which I'm going to get. But... Uh, it's about how to how to talk to people about spiritual things, mm. having a game plan for for your conversations, uh, super super good, and and a lot of it's asking the right kind of questions so that you so and then listening and learning to listen well, and using questions to lead people in a conversation, and it's, so it's not just you preaching at them. Uh, I think that can be super important, and and uh, and the skills in that book. I honestly use that use those that uh that tactic the, the tactics in that book even when i'm just having conversations with like my wife or you or other people like i use it all the time okay uh and and it's really 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 good so so i encourage you to pick up that but it's about how to have spiritual conversations super super good all right john so what's the big idea this week uh, the big idea is really really simple man you ready yep all right invite one Thank you for joining us on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll see you next week.